0: Do you dream about your next trip? You're in the right place. On the Time to Talk Travel podcast, we come to you weekly to share places to go and what to do when you get there. Let's dive into this week's adventure.
1: Hi, my name's Nasreen. We're here with another episode of Time to Talk Travel. And we've got Dez, Sharon, Mo, and myself here today. We are going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of road trips pretty much everyone has done one at some point in time whether it was because they chose it or it was just the only way to get somewhere leading off we would love to talk about what goes well on road trips what is the good side of road tripping
0: does do you have good road <laughs> trip tips number 1 rule for good road trips to me is who you bring along and i know you don't always have control over that but i am the queen of getting up at 4am to take my 8 hour road trip to florida If I'm bringing all the kids, because then the kids are asleep for more than half the trip and I don't have to deal with them. (laughs) I love my kids. Don't get me wrong. But I also don't love them eight hours in a car, stuck talking. Those days are mostly behind me. And I am not shy about going all by myself. I love a good road trip all alone. Good music or podcasts playing in the background sometimes. And I've done this quite often. Turning down the volume on everything. I used to not get silence in my life, and I loved getting in the car and having no one talk to me and no music, nothing. I've discovered it's much easier to pass the time with something playing in the background when I go by myself. But it's all about who you take. It's also about the
2: space you take them in, because there has to be enough room, particularly when you're traveling with kids that everybody isn't touching, (laughs) The minute kids are touching, things go wrong, is what I found. So bigger vehicles are better for more people and more things.
3: True. I love the conversations. I love that when you're in that space, after they've had a good snooze, with your teens especially, you get like a full download of everything going on in their life. And they have nowhere to go. They're bored. They just share everything. So that's always a good one. Sometimes I'm like... I'm overdue for a road trip to get the 411 on what's going on with the kids right now.
2: My kids when they were little used to always ask me all the really hard sex questions whenever we were on a road trip. I'd be like merging in like heavy traffic on some (laughs) unfamiliar street somewhere and they'd be like me? BJ? (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of good Good conversations (laughs) that come out in the car.
1: And you can't run away either. (laughs) No, that's the best time to ask all that stuff, man. But wow, yeah, in unfamiliar territory being asked the unexpected. So yes, definitely on the road trips and conversation, 100% with what Des said about it being quiet in the car sometimes and being okay alone. I used to do a lot of car travel between accounts when I was account managing large territories. It was just the most efficient way to get some places. And I really actually enjoyed the time alone. And now even as a parent with a lot of kids, I like to step away sometimes into the serenity of my minivan. But I think some of the things for us having driven between Texas and New Hampshire a lot were little rules that we instituted that made things go smoother. So someone goes to the bathroom, everyone goes to the bathroom. We don't stop for two hours after we start. That's the rule. No stops for two hours. Everybody tries to go when we stop. We are synchronizing our bladders. And then the other one is flip-flopping the expected screen time. We would hold off as much as possible. So during the daylight, they would do crafty things and coloring. And during the nighttime, they could use their screens, but it was the opposite for whoever sat in the front seat. So my oldest teenage son, that would be when we would talk or he would play DJ because I can't have the screen glowing next to me in the dark. So he got his screen earlier. Makes
3: sense. I love being able to catch up on like podcasts and Mm -hmm. things because they used to do a ton of driving. I actually miss that time where you really don't have much else to do. And I remember one of the best and freaky coincidences was I was driving and it happened twice where I was listening to this podcast and it was all about these utopian, God, I can't remember what it's called. I'll find out. They were talking about all these different tries or attempts at utopia, like first (laughs) subdivisions and all these places. And I'm not joking you, as I'm driving, there goes the sign on the exit for that (laughs) exact place. Like, what? How does this podcast know where I am? But I was thinking, That would be really cool if the podcast knew where you are. And you're like, hey, do you want to learn some tidbits about where you are right now? Yes, yes,
1: I do. I had always wondered if there would be a way to do road trip playlists where you were driving through Louisiana and listening to Cajun music. And then you get over to Florida and you've got some country music with the word Florida in it constantly. It would be fun to sync that up for the number of miles and the amount of time it should take you.
3: That's a great idea. <laughs> when I used to drive to sailing with my son a lot, we had this playlist that was like to keep mom awake because mm-hmm. we got to haul through and get there. And it was all like Latin music and energy.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gotta keep going.
1: Oh my goodness. Who gets to pick the music when you road trip? The it has
3: veto. Yeah. I'll give you that much. <laughs>
0: yeah. I let the kids pick a lot, but I definitely can veto things. <laughs> I, when my kids were little, it was always Disney songs. And they all knew every single word to every Disney song. So it was often a concert in the back seat, And I'm talking 12 year age gap between them, but they really got into every Disney album. There would hit a point probably three or four hours in where I'm like, okay, enough of that. There was that cursed period where the littlest one loved kids bop. And I, nope, couldn't do that for longer than an hour. Nope. For so many years, they had the movies playing in the DVD on the back seat. And I'd hear so much of Barbie in Paris. Barbie is a murder. Bibble. Bibble.
2: Do you remember Bibble? I know all the characters from all the Barbie movies, even though I've never watched them. I've heard all of them. My kids now in their 20s when we have holidays and they all get together watch all the old
1: Barbie fairy-tope. I've walk. seen that one too many times or listened to it, I should say.
2: <laughs> yeah, they can sing the song.
3: Yeah,
1: there's the Prince of the Popper one. I'm
2: just like you.
1: You're just like me.
2: <laughs> and I knew all the songs. Wow, I'm impressed. Really get-
1: <laughs> so I have to say the one fun thing, too, with the music or This is the weird musical story from road tripping is my son was maybe like 16 at the time. And he was like, I heard this music with this fire beat and I don't know what it is. And so it became the mission of the road trip. We spent hours with him playing things, me naming songs, him pulling them up. No, that's not it. That's not it. I cannot tell you the amount of time we invested into figuring out what this fire beat was. Okay, do you know what it ended up being? A Chance the Rapper Doritos commercial. It was the background, like, it was the jingle from that. And I both was happy that we had finally figured it out, but the amount of time invested for it to be a Doritos commercial, I just, like, that might be an ugly road trip story. Like, I had a moment.
0: Let's talk about that. (laughs) What are some of the worst road trip memories for you, Naz? Oh, man. There's been things over the years, but they always become part
1: of the plot line. So I guess it ends up being okay-ish sometimes. But there was a period of time when we were doing the Texas to New Hampshire thing where Everett was getting moody, a little over one, not communicative, hard to have him explain anything to anyone else, but like just would just scream sometimes for fun, not in the car when you took him out of the car to bring him and change him and things like that. Okay. now here's the issue. Usually I had my older son with me and if anyone is road trip through Texas with younger kids, you can't leave kids under 16 in the car by themselves. You can get a ticket for it because of heat. It's to avoid children being left in the car. So when I didn't have my older son with me, I'd have to bring everyone in because my girls weren't old enough to sit right outside with him. And One time just shrieked the entire way through the gas station. We make it through the one in Texas. We're in Kentucky a day later. And he's screaming bloody murder so hard in the gas station. And we're trying to deal with him. And you have to keep in mind, my kids are blonde and don't necessarily look like me. Someone called the cops. We made it out of there and we were leaving as they were pulling in and they looked at me and he's doing this and the sisters are there and we're fine and we get in the car and I think they just read the room and wandered off. But it was definitely in response to us. I saw someone pointing at us as they were coming out the door. So that was traumatic and puking on the side of the road in Colorado from altitude sickness
0: myself. But other than that, it's all part of the plot. I get the elevation Mm -hmm. illness as well, but I hadn't The screaming kid, 14 hours. I was moving from Norfolk, Virginia, down to Panama City Beach, Florida. And my son, this is 28 years ago because he was two. And he screamed like bloody murder, hated his car seat. Mm -hmm. And it was just me in my car. My husband at the time was driving the U-Haul and I had the chocolate lab in the back seat. Baby screaming the entire time, chocolate lab, vomiting in the back. 14 hours of hell. The entire trip, that was a horrible one. The other road trip from hell that comes fresh to mind is when my ex was driving and we ran out of gas. Mm. He just didn't look. We were on a massive interstate. We were probably 15 miles from home and had to pull into the median side. I wanted to lose my everlasting mind. I was raised with a father who was a mechanic who said, you never let the gas get below a quarter of a tank. So I didn't understand this concept of you ran out. Like, how does that even happen? And after being in the car for eight hours, I was done. I was done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's
2: a reason he's an ex. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little worried that I might be setting myself up for a bad road trip because we're driving my daughter out to Utah in a couple of weeks. And it's about an eight, nine hour drive. But we are bringing her. And the cat that we have been fostering for the last two and a half years because of her, it's like her ex-boyfriends, crazy moms, abandoned cat that she made us take just for two weeks at like three years later still. And like, of course, at the time she was still in school and she couldn't take the cat. And this cat hates all other cats. It's literally been like, we have a portion of my house that this cat lives in. And I'm so excited about finally getting rid of this cat that I'm willing to drive eight hours with it yowling all the way to Utah. (laughs) Hopefully it won't be vomiting because the last time I drove to Utah was for a blogger conference and my son was vomiting the whole way. He got super car sick and it was like Every single outfit that we had packed for him. Every hour we kept stopping and trash bags. And as a mom, I think every mom has had that one trip where there is a vomiting kid,
1: and it is just sheer misery. I have to share my one tip that has like revolutionized car vomit. Okay, and I don't like to be like, hey, revolutionizing car vomit. But. Okay. I want
3: to hear this because I got one. Well, and to you sand. probably
1: know what it is because it's a sailing like boat thing normally. So they have those folding buckets that are for scooping water out of a boat. They come in a bag and you can fold them down completely flat and they're made out of like a rubbery material. And we keep those in the pockets. Literally a child is about to vomit and the thing just flings open. It has a really big opening and you can dump them and rinse them out when you stop the next time. So you don't have a grocery bag hanging over their ears that there's a hole in you didn't know about it does happen occasionally especially when you're in the car for that long so I will tell you that the rinseable bucket like not a hard one that has to stay like one that can just be whipped out you put a couple in different places amazing amazing when vomit happens which isn't amazing
2: they make them for the kids for the beach too they're sand buckets I have a friend with six
3: kids and she steals the barf bags off planes and keeps those. But I have found the best are the big, huge ziplocks. Mm-hmm. Keep those in there. They barf in them. And then you seal them up because you do not want that barf going anywhere. And you can't always just pull over. Yeah. <laughs> big ziplocks. Yeah. Also works for friends who've maybe mm-hmm. been over <laughs> on the way home.
0: Wouldn't know a <laughs> thing about happens. that. So well, road
3: trips are not always just with children. Men into my girlfriend road trip era let's go with that
1: mm. we did a thousand miles of awesome was our name for it with my friends so it was myself my husband and then my best friend and his best friend who are married to each other they came down to texas to visit us and we did an account loop that i was doing for work but they came along for the ride essentially and we drove from up near College Station, all the way down past Houston, through Victoria, down through like Harlingen, McAllen, Laredo, like along the border. And would agree? Yeah, a thousand miles and then back up through San Antonio. And man, y- you got to like someone to road trip with them. We all survived it and we did good. And uh, we were coming off of Myself and my friend, massive hangovers the day before. In retrospect, not a good idea. Do not get drunk the night before you leave on a massive road trip. It's a horrible idea. That goes back to
0: tip number one. Careful who you take with you. Before any
3: travel, essentially. Traveling hungover is not ideal.
0: That one now, I know. Traveling
3: well, traveling still tipsy. That's not bad.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> I remember when I moved from Panama City Beach to Knoxville, they threw me a party the night before I left. <laughs> and that was not a good idea. Definitely super hungover. And I had to stop an hour and a half in the trip. And so I just need to park the car for an hour because I was so ill. And no. that's no fun. That's another bad one. Okay. So what are we good? The bad? The ugly? I feel like the vomiting is pretty much the ugly. That's the good, I think,
3: (laughs) or the the bad. Yeah. We had one trip where we were driving from Houston to Miami. All four kids, St. Bernard, Jack Russell Chihuahua, and a 23-foot boat on the back. We made it to Baton Rouge, so about five hours into a 23-hour drive. We're going over the Mississippi River, and basically the hub of the trailer broke. We had just gotten off the bridge. It could have been a very different, very ugly story Mm. if that had happened on the bridge. My husband pulls over and it's probably like eight, nine. And uh, we call AAA and they're going to send somebody out. We wait and we wait on the side of the road, which is not ideal. Mm. The guy finally comes out like an hour and a half later and goes, oh, yeah, we don't deal with trailers. We unhook the trailer, leave the boat on the side of the road in Baton Rouge, which is not ideal. And we're hoping it's there tomorrow. And uh, took the kids to a hotel, stayed the night, found out that the manufacturer of the trailer, thankfully, is based in Baton Rouge. So that was just a miracle to be able to get that part. My husband got it the next day. We had it changed out and off we were to Miami. But yeah, the more stuff you take, the more the crazy things can happen. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Wow. That was lucky though, man. I mean, unlucky and then lucky. (laughs) Yes.
3: Oh, I was so lucky because we would have had to wait days to get it shipped in. I
0: think that brings up a good point, though, is we should probably talk safety for road trips and making sure you check your car. We totaled a Suburban, if you can believe that, did a whole donut on the interstate when we hydroplaned. And again, ex-husband driving. But we kissed that cement wall, fishtailed into it. Everything shattered. And it was so slow motion for me. I saw the whole donut and I was doing a play-by-play. Okay, here we go. Hold on tight. We're going to hit. Boom. And I didn't speak for like the next three seconds. So he thought I died, just taking a breather. We both walked away, but the Suburban was totaled. And it was because the tires were bald. And I just assumed he handles that stuff. I didn't even look and I should have. So checking tires. Now I do that. My daughter goes to Arizona State and she drove up to go skiing. And they're Mm -hmm. driving a
3: car that lives in Phoenix up to Flagstaff and they got caught in three feet of snow. And they're like, we're going to try and drive home. I'm like, no, you are not. You have the wrong tires and you have a driver who does not know how to drive in snow. I will rent you an Airbnb, a hotel, whatever, but you live in St- Flagstaff now until <laughs> the roads are clear.
0: Good for you. She's like, it's, it's Canadian. It's,
3: she should know this.
0: Yeah. You get out Been of in practice. in
3: Texas and Arizona too long
0: now. <laughs> yeah. So that, checking your oil, checking all your fluids, windshield wipers, there's nothing worse than being in a bad rainstorm when the wipers weren't working, that kind of thing. And also downloading maps. You assume you're going to have great Wi-Fi every mile of your trip, and all of a sudden you have no signal. Left here, right here. Yeah. I don't know where I am. There are sites and apps you can use to download them in advance so that you don't need Wi-Fi to know where you're going. I'm still a printed-out kind of gal, but I'm bringing that. I Even truck. between...
2: Even between here and Las Vegas, there's dead zones where there's no Wi-Fi. I've driven to Vegas several times and it's such a well-traveled route between LA and Las Vegas, but there's dropout zones. So I'm like, oh, I need to get gas. I need to stop for a snack and Wi-Fi's down. So it's really good to have that downloaded. Well,
3: like you said about the gas thing, because there are parts of Louisiana driving from Houston to New Orleans that It's a highway that is over the bayou. You can't get off. There's nowhere to go. And trust me, everyone will hate you if you hold up that very long bridge or the causeway across anywhere. And then Alligator Alley in Mm -hmm. Florida. There's a lot of places where you need to look at your route and not assume. My son now drives regularly between Houston and Miami and he's 20. That's a long drive by yourself. And he's learned a lot about having something like AAA and having that card and having Mm -hmm. that backup or make sure you know what your roadside assistance package is or number is because it
1: never happens
3: at a convenient, good time. It always yeah. happens, you know, 11 o'clock at night in Baton Rouge.
1: And you're saying driving to New Orleans and I used to do that route a lot. And it's funny because in recent years, I've been like, wow, it's come so far. There's so many more exits than there used to be. However, even though it feels less remote than it used to, where you really had nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Those areas when there are accidents and they shut down for hours. Mm. And if it's the middle of the summer, you want gas so you can run the AC sporadically. So you need to be stopping or getting extra. The one thing that I carry in my car, other than spare gas, if we're on a really long road trip, is a fire extinguisher, which was never a thing that I carried in my car all the time, except for that. We were in Louisiana. This is all going to be Louisiana stories, apparently. And we were on our way. some
3: northern stories. I know,
1: right? (laughs) We were back on our way back from Montgomery. My daughter and I, we had gone for a trip when she turned 10. We're on our way back and we're driving. It's moving. And all of a sudden, there's a car accident in front of us. Two people hit each other. And we are very lucky. The lady behind us moved and didn't hit us. I was able to turn. We did not get hit in any way. But we were right behind the cars that had hit each other. And we get out, make sure everyone is okay, and we're in between exits in a fairly remote parish. I realize the guy's car is now smoking and I can see flames. I'm telling everyone to get out. We're getting people out of the cars. But it took almost 20 minutes for a fire truck to show up. By that point in time, his car was completely engulfed. But it would not have been a total loss if any one of us had a fire extinguisher and been able to put it out immediately. Instead, the entire car went up. It felt so helpless to watch it happen and know that it was going to happen with no one being able to do anything. We all have fire extinguishers in our car now. I don't want to lose my car like that. I don't want to watch that
0: again. It's just yeah, it's something like I never thought, thought of. you trapped in it. Exactly. Too, right? like, oh, yeah. I don't have one, but now that's a good move. Yeah. I do keep jugs of water and snacks. I'm making
2: notes for my road trip. I'm like, all the
0: things that I need to put in my car for this upcoming trip. I keep my hiking boots in my car and an extra layer of warmth only because in Atlanta, we had an incident and it was just the 10th anniversary Mm -hmm. last weekend where it was snowmageddon. When we get ice, we shut down because we just don't have the equipment now. I think we're a little better prepared, but there were people who were stuck out on the roads overnight freezing. Their cars ran out of gas trying to keep warm. And I just said, I don't ever want to be that person stuck. I'm going to have my hiking boots. I'm going to have an extra layer of warm. I'm going to have my protein bars and Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a jug of water. But I didn't even think about a fire extinguisher. And that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have a lot of stuff because of just the extensive amount of road tripping. We just
1: always had kits in all the different cars and some of it's kids stuff, right? Paper towels, Clorox wipes, the cords, the bungee cord things, just ratchet, stra- things that come in handy at some point in time. You fix anything with a zip tie and duct tape. Always good to have with you. And it's just like cool. all of- body. Yeah, exactly. Yes, like yes, random things. Steady, I- I- rolls of plastic. Double. You don't understand how much <laughs> stuff I had. Anything that came up, I could deal with it, man. But quarters, emergency cash. and like underneath Things in the car and hidden, and just everything that you could possibly need. There's a lot. And I always clean it out before a road trip and position things near other people so I don't have to be handing things around the car. We'll bring it in for a checkup or get an oil change right before that comes with the multi point inspection. When you were saying the thing about the tires, obviously important, but also fluids, you don't think about it. Mm -hmm. So having lived in Texas and also having lived in the Northeast, I realized something that I had forgotten things freeze. The windshield wiper fluid in Texas is different than the windshield wiper fluid that's designed for freezing weather, and it will freeze when you spray it on your windshield if it's really cold out.
3: You have to have a whole winter kit for that. You're supposed to have candles. You're supposed Mm -hmm. to have all kinds of things for a winter kit. And then same thing for the ridiculous heat Mm -hmm. in the south in the summer. If you don't have air conditioning and water, you're not going to last very long out there.
0: Cool tip for for your windshields, too. I learned this totally by accident. I didn't get to park my car in the garage for several years. And when it would be cold in the morning and I'd have ice, you could scrape it. But then they also had, I don't think it was the Rain-X brand. It's a yellow one. I'll have to go look in the garage. I
1: have the Rain-X one now. Yep.
0: Yellow. You spray it on the windshield and it thaws everything right away. It does, but not just that. It has stayed on. I've been parking my car in the garage for five years now, but that... That layer of sheen has stayed on the windshield, so that when I'm driving, the rain just pellets off, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. off yes. the side. You don't even have to use your windshield wipers. Wonderful. I love that because sometimes the windshield wipers are annoying. It's not raining hard enough to really go full throttle, but it's enough that it's bothering you. But you put that ice thing on there, and it just right off. I like it's the a sound beautiful effect. thing. It's just, I just can see the beads, the mm-hmm. beads of water just leave the windshield, which is a beautiful thing.
3: We had our Texas winter, it was like a day and a half, but you pull off your windshield wipers off the windshield, so they're sticking out like Mm -hmm. that, so that they don't freeze to it, and they were all like, why would they do that? It's so funny, because you just think, like, you just do those things, even thinking about it, but... Yeah, then you can just spray it and you're not trying to chisel out your windshield wipers. Yeah,
1: and it's a good thing to have on, in general that or any ice removal spray because in Texas we did have issues with people's mechanical gates freezing during the ice storms where you they were not operating properly or the keys were frozen and wouldn't punch because the rain had come sideways and done that. But one other thing I recently added to my kit, my MacGyver kit in the car, is Dollar Tree sells these white marker pen things that you can write with on the windows. So yeah. if you had to leave your car or something, you could write like tow truck coming or went to, egg-. you could leave a note on it or your information or just write some direction. Because a lot of times now when people leave the car because they have to go to another exit or they have to do something, it helps. So I put one of those in each of our cars. Dollar I years.
3: actually want to see this it's... MacGyver kit. I feel like we're going back into this flight conversation where I have nothing in my car, <laughs> and you guys you... have the entire. Mo, Costco you have to have, to have the C section.
0: <laughs> like, I'm you ready. You have, have the white marker, Mo. You have to. They use it for everything here. Graduation, run your
3: license, and then they're like, "Hey, your car's on the side of the road." You're like, "Yeah." Oh <laughs>
0: no, this is for fun stuff to decorate. Yeah. We do a Disney bound or. Now they do it with people put their Venmo. They put their I Venmo on. I yeah, my Venmo. Do you know people are doing that? Just, hey, your yeah, And you're like, no, she's not. She no, just not. doesn't
3: want to pay for drinks tonight. That's horrible. <laughs> That's horrible. Because okay, I'm the
0: sucker who will give somebody five
1: bucks. But it's a know? horrible idea in general. My main goal when I'm on these long distance road trips is not having the car broken into while I'm on it, OK? That is a bad on a road trip. Even if we're traveling cross country for extended periods of time, the minivan, we're not putting things up high. I'm stringing those things across my car that my kid pulls something off every time we go into a new state. I'm not riding Disney bound. I don't want everyone to know we're out of our element and might have fun stuff in our car. Like that stuff drives me crazy. I look at that and I'm like, you decorated your car for your kids for your road trip. And now everyone knows that you are traveling. You might have stuff in there. You probably brought the kids electronics. No, related. <laughs> so if you have an F-250, like I used to have, They are,
3: there literally should be a class action lawsuit. Like they are so easy to steal. My son drove mine to the mall, went to a movie, came back, it was gone. We figure it was probably we had valeted it downtown. Mm -hmm. And when you hand the keys, those keys that don't have a scrambler on. It's really easy to copy the code. They put an air tag in your truck. They basically can just go pick it up. Now we live in a gated community, so they couldn't come get it from my house as easily. But they went to the mall, basically just drove it away gone. Probably gone to Mexico, gone on a container, gone stripped, gone. So a couple of things. If you have a vehicle that is likely to be stolen, get a key scrambler. We learned this from a friend who was driving their kid to college. Everything this kid owns is packed in the back of an F-250. They stop at a gas station. They all go in for the group P break, synchronizing bladders, getting snacks, come back out. Truck's gone. Truck's gone. Everything he needs for college, gone. Like you think of how much stuff, his computer, his clothes, his like everything you had bought for the kid, gone. So they got another F-250 and they got a key scrambler, but we had an AirTag show up in the truck. We valeted it Friday. It showed up Saturday. We just figured it was like a kid had something. We were going somewhere, didn't really pay attention to it. And then Sunday it was gone. Yeah. We have AirTags on all of our car keys. And we have an air tag in two of our cars that our children drive, but that was my truck. And yeah. I always know where it is. I figured nobody would steal it without the keys. So,
1: yeah, the air tag thing. We definitely did that when we road tripped. And I know I said this on another episode and everyone looked at me like I was crazy, but I don't refill the gas at night. I leave it with very little in it and do it in the morning. So, if they steal it, they got to go find a gas station. I am the right, opposite. You did
3: yeah. say that. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. I am on the I side am... of the road with no gas.
1: <laughs> That's yeah. fine. I, I'm not going to. They're going to. I know how far I have to go. I got a plan. Sure, of course you Sometimes. do. Sometimes. Sometimes. Not always. <laughs> I don't like to let oh. it go below half. It's just it's yeah. stressful. I know.
0: <laughs> Any other must brings? Any other must things?
2: I have an important question that I can't believe we have not addressed is road trip snacks. Do you have a specific go-to snack for road trips or
0: indulgence that you only eat on road trips? It used to be Dairy Queen, but now there are Dairy Queens in every city. It used to be that there was only Dairy Queen on the interstate when you'd stop there. Oh, really? Yeah. Whenever we traveled from South Florida, it took us five hours to get out of the state and you would only see them on the interstate. It was always a treat for a road trip. I just bring my own snacks. I'm a protein bar girl. Y'all know
3: that. Gluten and dairy. So that makes my like road trip food options pretty pathetic. That is until I moved to Texas and there are Bucky's. Bucky's is a game changer. There's a reason why it has a hundred gas pumps plus and <laughs> home decor along with your snacks and your whatever. But it does give a lot of different options food wise. And so mm-hmm. that definitely becomes our main stops. But without that, yeah, I really do have to pack carefully for myself. We've trained up our kids to basically be aiming for every four to five hours to stop. You're going to get whatever you need at that stop. You get candy like once a trip, not every time we go into the gas station. <laughs> that bag of candy means it's a road trip, not just an average day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Unless there's a Bucky's, then you get to stop more than the four or five hours. They are spaced pretty far. But for us, we time when to get gas based on where the Bucky's because it's a lot
3: less. We've had to be more Bucky's efficient. You guys know what you want. Let's get in. Let's get out because we can easily spend an hour and $150 at Bucky's.
2: And then that's not the trip. (laughs) We stop at Costco for gas and for snack. We know I'm going to find a snack I can eat because I'm gluten free also. But it is hard. You have to be like, okay, no, we're not going to look like what different snacks they have at this Costco and check out. Oh, isn't that a cool blanket? That's not happening. control
0: yourself. We start with the fill up at Costco. The next fill up's at Bucky's. The next fill up, it depends on if we can hit another Bucky. Talk to people who do that road trip a lot
3: because there's usually some little gems in there. We found this meat market in Louisiana that now we have to stop and get turducken and Boudin that, like, I don't even know. I didn't even know these words when I
2: moved. Boodan. <laughs> dan
3: There you go. <laughs> you gotta get the whole Louisiana accent going. But I will say, I will give Subway Canada credit. They do have a gluten-free bread. And every time I go into an American one, I'm like, why can't you just give me some bread? it makes it so much easier at one stop. Like, Subway is consistent enough along a highway that you can actually stop and eat something.
1: Chick-fil-A is usually a treat for the kids on the road because... What we do is my older son and I eat in Chick-fil-A while the younger ones would play on the playground. And then we would get their food to go and they would eat it in the car. But typical road trip snacks that I do, or I have a couple of junk food items I like to go to. I like mint Milano's. I like Bugles and I like peanut M&M's, but specifically the peanut M&M's are because they're crunchy. And so later at night, especially if I'm by myself, they like keep me awake. I like the crunchy. That's
3: hilarious. I do the so, same thing. Yeah. That and gummy bears because you yep. have to chew them. Exactly.
1: So, like, a lot of work. A lot of attention I, paying.
3: I, after <laughs> one summer of driving around, I honestly can't eat gummy bears. Like, too much driving <laughs> and too many gummy bears.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. I think we covered a lot on road trips and I'm sure we could do an entire another one on road trips because they're such a hot topic. In road this trip one. to a middle spot. Oh yes. And how I did everyone one. get there and unpack our cars and show what we brought? In our emergency kit. <laughs> I'm
0: down I'm like for a that. Of
2: wine. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs>
0: we'll have a Time to Talk Travel road trip meetup somewhere. Mm-hmm. We can invite That'd all the listeners fun to and we it. Could
3: record it along the way.
1: Yeah. Okie dokie. We have covered a ton. We are going to sign out for this episode of Time to Talk Travel. We will be back next week with a new episode where we cover a different topic or maybe road tripping again. Who knows?
0: This has been another episode of Time to Talk Travel. Brought to you by hashtag travels.com. You can keep in touch with us between episodes by checking out our site, joining our newsletter or connecting with us on social. We've always got the information you need in our episode notes until next time. Happy travels. And thanks for being a part of our trip.